0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. I'm going to jump in. I've called the, the sermon A Word in Season. Everybody's talking about the festive season. Um, so I've called it the, A Word in Season and I'm going to jump straight in um, and... How I like to do things is I, I like to gather a couple of thoughts um, surrounding, just that we all get on the same page, that we all understand where where I'm where I'm coming from. And I'm reading a book from C.S. Lewis, um, Mere Christianity, and he talks about, a lot about morals. And one picture that he talks about, um, that he that he illustrates or uses to illustrate morals is is a fleet of ships. Um, and this is where I want us to start. And instead of looking at morals, I want us to look at this fleet of ships as a as a picture of the church, um, where we look at the the health and the harmony um, and the and the um, yeah you know, the you know just the workings of the self of the individual ship, um, and then we look at the relation and the harmony and the and the workings between all the ships and the fleet and then we look at the the direction of the ship and this is what makes up the church i believe is is our health within us our spiritual health and what we believe and what we how we see god in ourselves and then from that our relation to each other how we together see god and how we together operate as a church towards a general purpose and direction which is ultimately the cross of jesus christ um and i want you to just keep this picture in mind because we're gonna we're gonna come back to it later um so yeah um my first question that i that i so so everything that i'm saying today is something that god has been dealing with me something that 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 i've been really going through um so i'm not preaching at you i'm kind of preaching at myself um, is the first question that that, I, that God asked me is, who do you say that I am? And in Luke 9, verse 18 to 21, it says, while he was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, um, they say you're John the Baptist. Others said that, that you're Elijah. Still others that you're one of the ancient prophets that has come back. And he asked them immediately, but you, who do you say that I am? Um, and that 's the first question that i that I want to um, want to place there before us this morning is who do you say that that Jesus Christ is that God is um, because obviously we don 't say that Jesus is John the Baptist or Elijah or that he 's one of the ancient prophets. Um, we know that he 's Jesus Christ, but to you, in your own words, personally, who is Jesus Christ? Um, and I want to, and I want to kind of modernize what Jesus is asking you in, in our context. And I think what he's asking is, who is Jesus to you outside of what the church says, outside of what your mentor says, outside of what your friends say, not their revelation, what they've learned and what they've known, but who is Jesus to you? And who have you found Jesus to be in your own words, in your own understanding? And what this challenges us to do is to to seek a revelation our own revelation of who Jesus Christ is um, and not to just accept what people say is but to actually go and look for who he is in scripture for yourself um, and once we went to go and look who Jesus Christ is and when we um, when we seek him for ourselves um, the the second question comes up that, that God asked me is, what do we hold onto um, in this life? Jesus Christ says um, in Matthew seven um, verse thirteen, He says, "Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who go through it. How narrow is the gate and difficult the road that leads to life, and few find it." So what Jesus is saying is, saying is, it's it's hard. Um, it's it's not an easy road to take. And a lot of times when we go on a journey, when we go on a difficult journey, we, we have to have something to hold on to, an end goal to hold on to. Um, and that's what I was challenged with is, what do I hold on to in this difficult journey when I enter through the narrow gate? Um, we need something that's going to sustain us. We need something that's going to keep us and hold us. Um, When we go through any season of life... Because a lot of times it can be a natural season... It could be a spiritual season... um, But there's changes that happen in our lives... We go from primary school to high school... To university to start working... We we enter into relationships... We get married... We have children... We change jobs... We move houses... We have a lot of things that change... Um, We grow up as Christians... And what do we hold on to in these seasons? We need something to hold on to... When we go through these seasons... And I believe that the only thing that's going to keep us and hold us and sustain us in any season of life is the word of God and a word from God. Um, and this might challenge a, a couple of people, but I want to just um, throw out a few lies that we've actually started believing as a church. Um, and the first one is that experience is more important than the word of God. That my experience in worship and how I feel in worship and how I feel because of what the person said in front is more important more important than what the Word actually told me. That spirituality is more important than doctrine. And don't lose me when I say doctrine, because when I say doctrine, I mean the right view of God. That's what doctrine is. Because we all have to have the right view of God um, in this walk. And a lot of times we don't... We don't believe that we actually need to read the word and study it to get into it. We believe that a scripture a day keeps the devil away. But I don't know what the scripture is actually saying if I don't study it, if I don't meditate on it. Romans 1 verse 16 says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also the Greek. The word of God is the power of sal- unto salvation. The power of God unto salvation. It's not something that we read to make our to please our conscience and the fact of the matter is is that life life is life um there's going to be times of trials and tribulations there's going to be times of joy and happiness and freedom um but that's that's just part of life it's 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 how it goes and so i want to kind of get the the challenging part over and then i want to I I trust that God is going to stir some hope and inspire us. That I believe that we as Christians have become weak because we've lost the ability to long suffer um, and to endure um, and to labor into the Word. Because I find myself doing it, that it's really easy to come to church. It's really easy to worship when... My emotions are great. Things are going great at at work, at home, everywhere. My emotions are great, and I'm feeling good. And kind of when I'm ministering to people, praying to be praying for people, um, God's giving me words, and it's really amazing. And it's easy to go, um, you know, to to keep on going there. But what happens when that is not there? I think we've lost the ability to to know how to go through a, a season of drought. Because sometimes God's not speaking as fluently and as, as easily as he, as he was maybe in the previous season. Um, but we need to regain that ability to, to labor, to endure, um, to carry on even when God is not speaking. Um And here's why this is happening is because we started relying on the experience of church, the experience of worship and the emotions that it evokes, rather than what we rely on the Word of God. Um, because we're lazy to read the Word of God, and I'm talking about myself. I'm lazy to study it. But here's where, here's where it gets good, and here's where we have hope. Is that when we start reading the Word, not in a sense that I read it to see what God has to say to me, But I read it in the sense of I want to read it to hear what God says about himself, about who he is. Then I start understanding the character of God. But this means getting into the word. I want to look at um, this character of God because I spoke about that you need to hold on to something. What are we holding on to in any season, in a season of, of prosperity or a season of drought? And I believe it's the character of God that we need to hold on to. Because if we're holding on to our emotions or the, you know, the heightened thrill or positive things, instead, and our emotions, instead of the character of God, we're going to be disappointed. So I quickly want to run through this. I want you, if you have your a pen and a, and a paper or even your phone, I want you to write this down um, just, just the character of God, the things that we hold on to, the things that are secure, the things that are, that are definite. Um, and it was, it was so good for me to go through this, to actually not just believe that I have to hold on to the character of God, but I don't actually know the character of God, but actually to go and study it. What is the character of God? Um, who is God? He is good, Psalm 119, verse 68. You are good and you do what is good. Teach me your statutes. He is unchanging. James 1 17. Every generous act and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. With him there is no variation or shadow of cost by shadow cost by turning. He is our Father. Romans 8 15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out Abba Father. He is all powerful. Jeremiah thirty two twenty seven. Look, I am Yahweh. The God of all flesh is anything too difficult for me. He is the Spirit. John 4 verse 32. God is Spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. He is all-knowing. Daniel 2 verse 20. And He declared, May the name of God be praised forever and ever. For wisdom and power belong to Him. He is knowable. How amazing is that? He is knowable. Jeremiah 31 verse 34. The first part No longer will one teach his neighbor or his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. This is the Lord's declaration. He is judge, Psalm 9, verse 7. But the Lord sits enthroned forever. He has established his throne for judgment. He is love, Deuteronomy 7, verse 8. But because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your father's, he brought you out with a strong hand and redeemed you from the place of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He is kind, Romans 2 verse 4. Do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? He is holy. 1 Samuel 2 verse 2. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you and there is no rock. Like our God. And this is what we hold on to. This is the God and the character that we hold on to. Because if, um, if I'm holding on to my emotions. When things go bad I'm going to start doubting in God. Because I've actually set myself up for disappointment. But when I hold on to the character of God. No matter what happens I know that that stays true. And that stays constant. And. In 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 5, it says, I pray that the Lord may direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. And this is Paul praying for the for the Thessalonians. And when he talks about God's love, he talks about God's character, his attributes, who God is. And this we find in the Old Testament predominantly: who God is, who God says that he is, who people like David and Daniel say that he is um, because they've experienced it. And when he talks about Christ's endurance, he's talking about Christ's example of God's character as he walked on earth. So if you want to know how to live out God's character, we look at Christ's example in the New Testament. So we see, and, and what I want to get through to us here is that I cannot only read the New Testament because I have to read the book of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation to understand God's character and Christ's example. Because I have to understand Him completely to hold to Him. Because I cannot hold to something that is half. I have to hold to something that is full and true. Now what I mentioned earlier is this, an Sorry, let me just refresh. When I hold on to something, I put my hope in it. And when I hope in my emotions, it sounds like this. Um, I hope that I might get a certain gift for my birthday or even for Christmas. I hope that this girl that I like comes to church so that I can see her. But the problem with that is that this hope is uncertain. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm hoping. I'm putting my trust in it, but what I'm actually doing is I'm setting myself up for disappointment because what if the person doesn't come? What if I don't get the gift that I wanted to? And this is the hope that we have in our emotions is that it's not certain. It's, it's, it's wavering. It's, it's human hope. It's the, it's the hope of our emotions. But the hope that we can have and that we should have is the hope of the Spirit, which is godly hope. And James 1 verse 3 says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And Romans four, Ach 5 verse 4 says, Endurance produces proven character, and proven character produces hope. Now when we endure, we develop character, proven character. And when we develop proven character, we develop hope. And this hope that Paul is talking about is the hope of salvation, the hope of the cross. The hope of salvation where we're walking and we're running this race with endurance to the upward call of Christ, that I hold fast in my confession of my faith and I live a life worthy to the call of Christ. And when I've done this, I have a certain hope, a definite hope that Christ is going to bring me home, that I'm going to gain salvation and I'm just waiting for it to happen. And that's the difference between the hope of the emotions and the hope in the spirit is that the one is uncertain, the one, I don't know if it's going to happen, but the hope that God gives us and the hope that Paul is speaking about um, here in Romans 5, says that certainly you can, you can trust in this hope because I'm going to come through for you as you walk this life with endurance. You run this race with endurance towards the upward call of Christ. I will fast in my confession of faith. I'm certainly going to save you. Now, I'd rather hope in the hope of the Spirit in that promise than my emotions which say, which say that maybe I'm going to feel good tomorrow rather than trusting in the character of God. And I want us to look at some um, some examples from Scripture. Um, and what, what just struck me, like, what would have happened if these people trusted in their emotions, trusted and put their hope in their feelings— Daniel 3, verse 15 to 17, and and this is where um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, didn't bow before the idol that um, King Nebuchadnezzar made, and they get taken to King Nebuchadnezzar, and we take off here in in verse 15, um, and he asks them, this is King Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, who is the God who can rescue you from my power? If you do not bow to my statue, who is the God that can rescue you from my power? And this is so beautiful. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of the blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. And we can see here that it is clear that they definitely did not put their hope in emotions, because if I had to stand before that furnace, I would have been begging and pleading for them not to throw me in the furnace but they trust and they understood the character of God to know that God is going to come through for them. Whether they live or not, God's character stays the same and He's going to come through for them. And I want to take it a step further and i at the, look at the example of Jesus Christ in Luke 22, verse 40 to 42. When He reached the place, which is the Garden of Gethsemane, He told them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Then He withdrew from them about a stone's throw away and began to pray, Father, if you are willing... Take this cup away from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And here we can see that Christ obviously being God, but he understood the character of God, and he understood no matter how difficult this is, which he has to go through, because he knew that he had to go to the cross. He knew that he had to die. And he asked God, take this cup away from me, but if it's your will, I'm willing to go through with this, because I know that you know best. I know that you know that even me doing this, it looks crazy, it looks stupid, it looks like, you know, the Jews are expecting me to come and rule and reign and take over the Roman Empire, but here I'm going to die on a cross. But I trust you, I trust your word, I trust your character because you know what is best. Not my will be done, but yours. Imagine Christ trusted in his emotions and didn't trust in the character of God. So I just want to I just want to recap um, that we started with a picture of God with a uh, of the church not of God um, with a self the the health and the harmony within the self then the harmony within the fleet the people around me the people with me in church and the general direction which is going to to the cross um, and today we're kind of focusing on the self um, where is my health at. Whereas, how is my view of God looking? Um, How healthy and how much am I in harmony with what God's saying and God's will and God's character? Then we looked at the character of God, which is trustworthy and secure and steadfast from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And here I want to, so so that was kind of just the foundation of thought that I wanted to lay down. Um, and 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 I touched on it that a word of God will keep us through any season. But I want to go into that. In a bit more depth, now in in going into um, a season with with a word from God, um, and, and I want you guys to read with me there in Habakkuk two, verse one to two. And Habakkuk says, "So I will take my stand at my watchpost and station myself on the tower and look out to see what He will say to me, He being God." And what shall I answer concerning my complaint? The Lord answered me, "Write the vision, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it." And there's four things that 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 Habakkuk is talking about in, in in verse 1. So he says, "So I will take my stand at my watchpost. I will station myself on the tower, and I will look out to see what he will say to me, and then I shall answer concerning my complaint." So, take stand at my watch post, station myself on the tower, and look out to see what he has to say to me, what God has to say to me, and then what shall I answer? Now, I believe that each of us, we, we, each of us has received a mandate from God, and that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and everything that you have, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. And that—that is a general mandate. But I think each of us has received a specific mandate, a specific thing, a specific calling, a specific route that we need to walk, um, specific things that we need to do. Um, And maybe you've never received a mandate. Maybe you've never asked God for a mandate. What is this word? What is this calling that I'm supposed to walk into? Um, And I want to—and I want to encourage you. Ask God. Sit in prayer, labor, even if he's not speaking, trust that he's going to come through and that he's going to speak to you and give you a word. What is my purpose here on earth? What, is, what am I specifically? Me as George, what am I here to do? And the reason why I say that each of us has received a mandate is because Habakkuk says, this, so I will take my stand at my watch post. It's not a general watch post, it's my watch post. It's where I have been stationed, where God has stationed me to take look and to receive from God on the tower. This is why I say that we have each received a specific mandate for our lives. And this is where the question comes in that I started with is, who do the crowds say that I am and who do you say that I am? Because I found myself that when God's not speaking, I'm trusting my emotions. So I run to the tower or the stand or the watch post next door. To figure out what is God saying to them because then I'm gonna try and run off that. But I cannot, because it's not my word, it's not my station, it's not where I'm meant to be. And oftentimes this is where we where we get it wrong as the charismatic church, because we think the more we do and the more we go out and, and do things, even if it's outside of what God is meant for us to do, then we're more spiritual but that's not true because God has asked you to do something specific and he doesn't want you to do more or less he wants you to do what he's asked you to do so we need to slow down in the sense and this is the word that Pastor Heinrich gave in, in in the global devotionals we need to slow down in a sense of stop running around trying to find a word and trying to hear what are the people saying who Jesus is but slow down and hear who do I say that Jesus is? Who do I say in my own words, in my own experience, who is Jesus? Outside of the spiritually correct answer, who is Jesus to me? And the second part, Habakkuk 2 verse 2, he says, The Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. So we go and we take our position on the, on the, on the watch post, on the tower. We receive the word from God. And we don't just go on, but we write it down that when we run and our emotions come over us, our things don't look like they're going right. You know, God, you said this is going to happen, but it doesn't look like this is happening. Something must be wrong. We go back to that word that we wrote down that God gave us, the vision, the word, we go back to it. And we say, okay, this is what God said, and this I'm in this I'm going to trust because it is the word of God despite of my drought, despite of my emotions, despite how things are looking. So there's four things that, that we need to do is we need to position ourselves. We need to stop running around, looking at other people's lives, comparing and, and saying, running on what they say Jesus does or who Jesus is. But we position ourselves to secondly hear the word or the vision that God has for us. And thirdly, we write it down so that we may run, that when things seem like they're not making sense, that we can go back to that word and trust in it, that we can run. It says, make it plain on tablets, so he may run who reads it. And the fourth thing is, we need to answer the complaint by taking action. So I don't just receive the word and write it down and keep it to myself, but I receive the word from God... I write it down so that I may remind myself constantly, but I take it out, I do it. I am obedient to that which God has set before me. I'm obedient to this vision, to this word that God has given us. So here's my plea to us this morning, is to not do New Year's resolutions, to not try and figure out what I need to change or what I need to better or what I need to do differently in 2018 than I did in 2017. But my prayer is that the Lord may direct our hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. To instead of going to make New Year's resolutions and what I'm going to change and what I'm going to do better, but to go and sit at the feet of God and to hear, God, what do you say to me about 2018? what are you saying to me about me personally my individual the individual me myself what are you saying to us as a church because everything leads to the cross of christ what is my word that is going to carry me in 2018 in the season even if it's just a week even if it's a month season what is the word that god is going to give me that's going to carry me To stop trusting in our emotions. But to go and study the word of God. For what he says. About himself. Because that is sure. It is unchanging. And it is a certain hope that we have. And from that place. To receive a word. To write it down. To run with it. And to be obedient to that which God has given us. So just some. Some things that. That I, that I want us to take into this year is to get into the Word of God. Read it, study it, meditate it because the more we repeat it, the more we study the Word of God, the more it's going to be engraved in your heart and you're going to understand who He is. We're going to be able to trust the character of God. Slow down. Stop trying to run around and do everybody else's job and trying to receive everybody else's Word but hear what God has to say to you. Take your stand on your watch post where God has stationed you, ask God, what is that watch post? Receive the vision vision or the word from God. Write it down that you may fall back on it and run instead of falling back on your emotions and your insecurities. And above all, hold on to the hope that is in the cross of Jesus Christ. Because that's one thing for certain that even if you haven't received that specific word for the season or the specific word for this time that you're in now, you can always hold on to the hope of the cross of Jesus Christ. Because that's also unfailing and unchanging, and it's a certain hope of salvation that we can hold on to. Is that whatever I do, whatever I say, the manner that I live my life is towards the cross of Christ, remembering the purpose and the direction. That our whole fleet is going in is the cross of Christ, and that's what we can hold on to. So, if you guys can come up, um, the band can come up. I, I have uh, three, four questions that I, that I want to ask. Um, and maybe, maybe this is new to you to to do this in church, but I believe this is a part of church that we that we need to um, go through. That we need to. Um, have happened, um, and and while the band just plays, um, just some minist- just some ministry um, worship, um, I want us to look back on to 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 become quiet now, to sit to not talk to one another, but to sit and actually engage with God. To look back on the words that God has maybe given you. In this year, what you've went through this year. To ask God to, to give you a word for the season that you're going into or the season that you're in if you haven't received the word from God. To ask the Lord for a, for a word or a vision going into 2018. But no matter what, what you're, what you're doing now, if you're receiving a word for the first time or you're going into a new season or asking God what You know just recapping the year thinking about what god has done in your life this year no matter what you're doing i want you to to write it down i want you to write down if god gives you a vision if he gives you a word so that you can run back to it so we're just going to go into a time now where we just reflect you know um i don't mind what you do if you're just reflecting on the year um what what God has done, what He's done in your life, reflecting on, on the season that you're in and, and maybe you haven't received the word for that season, asking God, what the, what is the word for the season? But to actually just sit at His feet and just hear by Him what happened in 2017 and what is going to happen in 2018 and what can I hold on to? If you're unsure of what to do, ask Him, show me your character in Scripture. May it become alive, may it give life and may it truly inspire me as I read it. So I want us to just go in the time, even if you're just praying and you're asking God, you know, just show me more of you. That's my constant prayer for myself. Is God, show me more of you. Because God is, is not limited. And so we just sit now and we just spend time in God's presence. Hear what He has to say to us. If you've never heard God's voice, I believe that He's going to speak to you today. Thank you for listening.